Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I'm Pastor Rocky Fritz coming to you from the First Baptist Church in Amboy, Illinois. I encourage you to follow along in your Bible with pen and notebook in hand as we study the scripture verse by verse and word by word. We are currently traveling the Romans road. Gather your things together and turn in your New Testament to Paul's epistle to the Romans. The emphasis in Romans 6, 7, and 8 has been the believer's resurrection in Christ or the believer's identity in the resurrection of Christ. In chapter 6, we see the newness of life. In chapter 7, the newness of servitude. And now in chapter 8, the newness of our spirit. We're going to slow down in chapter number 8. In fact, we will take two weeks to cover this chapter as this is one of the most important segments on the Romans road. Now, I will say that there are two different ways that we could look at this chapter. We often say there's one interpretation of the Bible, but many applications. If you picture we're driving down the road and we could look out the window on either side of the vehicle. Uh, we're looking at two different sides. On one side, we could look at the Jewish legalism versus salvation by grace through faith, and that certainly would fit as we understand this chapter. However, we're going to look out the other side of the window and consider Christianity in the flesh versus the Spirit-filled life, or our sanctification in Christ. Now, the word legalism is thrown around by many people today and very often misunderstood what that word means. The word means using the law as a means of grace. That's how the word is used in the Bible. Whether it's a means of salvation or a means of our security. Some would say, well, we have to live a certain way to keep ourselves saved. That is legalism according to the Bible. Or, as we see in this chapter, a means of our sanctification or our spirituality. That also is simply of grace, not by the works of the law. And we understand at the moment of salvation, we were declared justified or just as if we'd never sinned. As far as our eternal positional standing in Christ, we are justified. Yet we still struggle with our present practical relationship or fellowship with Christ. Now the problem is one-sided. It's our sin nature that stands between us and a holy God. Now, Paul has been dealing with this in chapter number 7. And we come to the end of chapter 7 and he seems to throw up his hands in despair and says, Oh, the wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And then the last verse of chapter 7, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. He's emphasizing the struggle that he has in his life, and we have it in our lives today, our old nature, our old man struggling against the new nature or the new man. Our body or our flesh is pulling our soul one way back into sin and back into death. 
but the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God who now lives in us is pulling our soul towards God. And that is a very real struggle in our soul, in our mind, in our emotions. We come to Romans 8 and verse number 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. This is not the removal of our sin nature. Uh, that will take place in the final resurrection when we're given a new glorified body. But the focus is on the conflict in our soul, in our heart, in our mind as believers. There is no condemnation. Christ does not condemn like the law condemns us. Jesus came not to condemn, but to save, to give us life. That's speaking not only of salvation, but also of sanctification. The choice we must make is, do we follow the flesh or do we follow the spirit? And this is not a one-time thing. This is a daily, this is a moment-by-moment -moment choice that we make in our everyday life. Notice the verse says to walk not after the flesh or to follow not after the flesh. Don't let the flesh lead your soul, but walk or follow after the Spirit. That's where the blessing comes from, learning to follow the Spirit rather than following the flesh. In verse number two, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. We are subject to one of two laws. Who's calling the shots in my life? Who's directing me or controlling me? Is it the law of sin and death, my old Adamic nature, condemned by the law? And of course, death is a separation from God, not only speaking of eternal death, but a temporal separation from God. The more we lean or follow after the flesh, the farther we get in our relationship with God. Our natural soul, our mind, our ideas, our will, our emotions, our desires lead us away from God. We were born into this world bound to death and condemned by this law of sin and death. But then he speaks of the law of the spirit of life. The law of the Holy Spirit of life has made me free in Christ Jesus. We are placed into his life. God's new holy nature, which is contrary to all we naturally think or want to do. The mind of Christ is only found in the Word of God. That's the Bible. And of course, we understand from the book of Romans that faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God not by our own reasoning, not by our own understanding, not by the will of our fleshly nature. In verse number three, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. The law could not remove my condemnation under sin. 
the law condemned me as a sinner, but Christ condemned the law and removed sin with his blood. In verse number four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Remember, righteousness is God's plan or scheme of redemption. And that righteousness is fulfilled in us when we come to Christ as our Savior. And also as we live in Christ and show His great transforming power to others by our testimony and by our witness. It's not through our flesh, but through the Holy Spirit living in us. His grace transforms us into His likeness. And notice the statements that are repeated in verse number 4 that were first given in verse number 1, that walk or follow not after the flesh, but we are to walk or to follow after the Spirit. And I'll conclude today by mentioning that the important key to victory in our Christian life is to surrender or to die to our fleshly desires. All four Gospels quote Jesus as saying, the way to life is to lose your life in Christ and for the Gospel. In Romans 8 and verse number 36, we're going to read Paul's quotation from Psalm 42. He says, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. Paul writes in other epistles often of living the crucified life or dying daily to ourself or putting off the old man or our old garments, etc. When we die to ourselves, we are freed to live the Spirit-filled lives. When a Christian is filled with the Spirit of God, they live differently than they did before that filling. They do things they would never do otherwise on their own. Ephesians chapter number 5 speaks of the fullness of the Spirit and he compares that fullness of one who was drunk with the demonic spirit of alcohol. They do things that they would not do on their own. They live a way that they would not live in and of themselves. If you remember in Acts chapter number 2, the first church on the day of Pentecost was filled with the Holy Spirit. Many outsiders looked on to the events and they commented that they were these men were filled with new wine. I encourage you to study and to dig into the Word of God and learn to die to your flesh that we may learn, as Galatians 5 says, to walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Live under the influence of the Holy Spirit as directed by the Word of God to find true victory in your Christian life. I close today by asking you life's most important question. Have you personally received the gospel, the good news as presented to us in the book of Romans? This book describes in detail God's one and only way of salvation and sanctification. When God works in our lives, He begins a work of transformation. This transformation begins at the moment of salvation and will not be complete until we are living forever in His presence. There's no hope of eternal life in heaven without knowing Jesus Christ. 
so likewise there's no life that compares to living daily in the presence of Jesus today. If you have any questions, concerns, or needs, please contact us at fbcamboy.org. I look forward to the next leg of our journey as we travel the Romans Road.